I just did. All right. Live from the landing strip somewhere in Houston, Texas. It's the um, 404. 404th edition of Houston Wrestling Radio. This is Abel. This is Chris. And thank you so much for tuning in today, guys. We very much appreciate it. If you are watching this live, congratulations. You and des- I'm sorry. You deserve a Jolly Rancher. <laughs> but log into your YouTube account. That way you could chat along with us in the live chat. I'll see it here on my handy dandy smartphone. And I'll try to involve you as best as I can in the show. So feel free to fact check, talk shit, ask questions, just say hi. Hang whatever. Out. Hang out. Whatever. I'll see it and I'll try to involve you as best as I can in the show. Now. If you're not watching us live, that's okay. You can still interact with us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Houston Radio. Or just drop a little comment right down below here in the little comment section of the YouTube. Dishonor to you and your cow. Who has cows? So this isn't the first time that we sit together and want to talk about something we like. Yeah. <clears throat> something on the telly, yeah. something that makes us want to spend money, mm-hmm. something that mm-hmm. want to, wants to make us make time to watch t- this yep. programming. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. WWE tends to sneak in on the back door, yeah, uh-huh. Uh-huh. and make some noise. Mm-hmm. So I didn't realize when I first titled this podcast "Give Me Dishonor" or "Give Me Death" that there was a third option. Tell the people what you thought the first the moment you heard about Vince retiring. I never thought that I would actually see the news of Vince retiring. I honestly didn't. I thought we were going to see the news of Vince getting arrested or Vince dying first. I never thought Vince would, like, willingly walk away. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I found it to be a little shocking. Now, not shocking given the circumstances. Like, Why? You know, like, it, it, it makes sense. Um, shocking in the sense that I never thought that this would happen. And I can't believe that Vince didn't just, like, just say, fuck it, I'm staying. You know, like, like I don't know exactly what happened behind the closed doors. But considering the scandal and all the money and, and the, the hush you know, money accusations and allegations and then all that shit. And considering the news, the timing of it all, the news happened right after the allegations and right after he retired, that's when it was like 14 point whatever million was tied back and the the feds are getting involved to investigate this and that. Like, I would imagine it wasn't 100% offense voluntarily, right? It was like, the, he, w- he walked into the fucking office one day and it's like the board of directors were like, hey, Vince, we're doing you a courtesy. Here's what we know. We're about to go public with it. The feds are going are gonna to be up our ass and um, you cooperate and retire, walk away or not. And we're going to burn you alive. <laughs> and and I thought... Alive. I thought Vince would have been like, well, goddamn, pal, get some sticks burning because I ain't going nowhere. And that's not the case. Like, oh, okay, he actually walked away. Cool. Now, I'm kind of making up a narrative in my own head of what actually happened, but that's my best guess as to what actually happened. It's close to reality. 
Oh, um, big old gravity. <laughs> um, Vince owns 52 or 53% of controlling stock in the company. Out of that 52%, he has like 80% or 60% of class B stock. That's not the class A stock that us normal folk buy. Class B stock is like worth immensely more per share. And those the, and those shares of stock are only available to the immediate family, which is Vince, Steph, Shane, Linda, Paul, Levesque, Triple H, and trust accounts that are tied to the children and the grandchildren. Mm-hmm. So he's been in business for over 40 years. He should know enough about business to know that the longer his ship sinks the more casualties will become. And by casualties are the value of the stock. Okay. So it financially, fiscally would have been in his best interest before the shit got any stinkier to be like, you know what? Let the heat die down. I'll take all the bullets. Let me retire. Um, It's not surprising that it happened on Friday afternoon because, number one, the weekend news winds down. You have the whole weekend to forget about it. And the the stock price doesn't fluctuate. And number number two, you don't want to make announcements like that during the week while the stock market is active. Right. It's kind of a big red flag. So you always want to let stuff like that happen once the stock markets are closed. Um... I was in the same vein as you. He's got McDivitt. He's got lawyers. He's been through court before and and made it out alive. Against the feds. He is not... I didn't think he would be one to lower his arms. I figured this would have... The litigation... This would have been tied up in enough litigation that this would have been years before something would have happened. And perhaps, and not to be wicked, by then he, he might have died. Anyway. He might have died. Yeah. Because he that's his baby. You think WWE, oh, that's Vince McMahon. That's Whether it's a senior or obviously junior because he's had it for over 40 years. WWE is synonymous with Vince McMahon. So the fact that we have a WWE now without him, even though... He's still around. It's kind of weird. But do we have a WWE without him? Probably not. Um, yeah. Shareholders. He, he still has ownership of the stock. He's, he's not, he's, he doesn't have to forfeit <clears throat> all of his controlling stock shares, if any. So if he as a shareholder thinks, hey, this company that I'm investing in is losing money, is losing ratings, is losing viewers, is losing live attendance, is losing XYZ... If enough of my stockholders agree, then we can vote to get rid of Triple H and Stephanie. Yep. But as a parent, would he? Maybe not. And that's where I think there's going to be more influence, not necessarily from the stock ownership, but just from the fact that he could call up Steph. I'm just calling my daughter. Yeah. Right? Just call up Steph and be like, why are you doing it this way? You know, production, you should do it that way. You know, you should put the camera over here. You know, you're not supposed to be saying the word wrestling. Why did you or sign... Or title. Yeah. But we, we shouldn't sign this person to a contract. You know, it's just like... He's not ready. Re- Keep him in NXT. That that little buzz in the air. Because he's been the buzz in the air for the commentators all these years. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Like, like, is he really going to... 
Is his influence really gone? And I don't think so. Time will tell. I mean, right now, it's too soon to say because we're a week away from SummerSlam. Right. So, SmackDown last Friday and Raw last Monday was pretty much what it was supposed to be, I would think. Because, especially with Raw, there was a lot of Raw-isms. That first hour being Austin Theory and Drew McIntyre, definitely Vince McMahon 2020-2018 Raw mentality. You know, you could have easily had the DQ and, hey, guess what? We got a main event for tonight. And let them rest. (laughs) Yeah. Bring in other stuff. Don't tire out the audience. Especially Madison Square Garden. It takes a a lot of fuckery to wear out a Madison Square Garden audience. And... Before they lost me, I, I, I'll i admit, I stayed 90 minutes. I, the first 90 minutes, I watched Raw. Okay. And by the first 75 minutes, that crowd was already starting to be like, eh. Yeah. And I was like, eh. Mm-hmm. And I was like, eh. Yeah. No, that was it for Monday. SmackDown mm-hmm. is still easier to, to, to digest, but even then, SmackDown. Well, we'll see tomorrow. Always be the B show. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I, I think that's the other thing too. While it is very exciting to see that uh, Stephanie is in charge, along with uh, Nick Khan, but Triple just to H- reiterate, um, Steph and Khan are co-CEO, co-CEOs, but Steph solely is a chairwoman of the board, right? Yeah, and Triple H is in charge of creative. While that's and talent relations, while that's very exciting, I don't think that we're going to see changes immediately and quickly i think if we see changes it's going to be slowly kind of erode away at the the vince isms little by little maybe i agree this is maybe. not this is not going to be wcw 1999 where they call out the whole roster into the ring and strip every one of their titles and start from scratch live on a monday nitro you or know, this nxt is not- going to nxt 2.0 yeah like, i don't think that's going to happen no. either Mm-mm. um I, I wish that we would see NXT black and gold uh, in WWE. Like when I, when I, I think everybody, let's talk about the elephant in the room. I think everybody's uh, um, celebrations when they saw that Triple H is, is, is taking over, the, the celebration stemmed from look at how well he did with NXT black and gold. Right With his people, he had Sean there. I think he had Road Dogg for a, for a, couple, for a, for a yeah, hot minute. Exactly. But that that... That role and that responsibility was gifted to him by Vince. Why? Because Vince didn't give a flying fuck. Because it was, yeah, yeah, go do your own thing. I'm taking care of the real money maker. I've, I've called this on our episodes a couple of times in the past. I think the moment that the first NXT TakeOver Brooklyn outsold SummerSlam the next night in that arena, that was officially when Vince was like, I need to pay attention to what's going on because I have competition within me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, when you say it about Triple H being a, a, a big part of NXT's black and gold mm-hmm. How much of that is Triple H and how much of that is the talent? Because That's a good point too When we think of black and gold, it's what we see on the telly And most of that roster is on AEW now Yeah, or or on the on the main roster of Raw yeah. Or of WWE so it's you know not necessarily or out. the same. He can yeah. still sign Strowman again. He could still sign Karrion Cross and Scarlett again. Mm-hmm. He could be the catalyst to bring Sasha and Naomi back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, 
Laurinaitis is out. Mm-hmm. How much time do you give Pritchard and Dunn before they're out? Not much. I'm not going to put like a date on it. Like, you know. Do you see them lasting? The I was about to ask. That's that was the next part. Do you see them lasting till next year? I mean, maybe. I think. I think we need to know more about the inner workings of what's actually happening in Titan Tower, and how much Triple H and Steph want to want to leave the room. Um, like it was when, when, when Vince was still there, mm-hmm. right? You know what I mean? Like Vince isn't dead. So I'm sure he still has influence. They're probably, yeah. Like you said, you brought up the whole trust fund stuff, right? Maybe if like Triple H or Stephanie fucking NXT eyes, WWE piss off Vince and Vince could very easily fuck up stuff with the trust for the grandkids. Mm-hmm. So maybe until Vince dies, they can't really do too much. They have to like, yeah, we'll do it your way, Dad. Okay, yeah, no problem. Yeah, we'll, we'll do that. And do very small, incremental, subtle changes. Mm-hmm. You know? But I don't think they're going to completely overhaul it. With, with that being said, how much of lieutenants are Laurenitis and Pete Dunn? And how much... Kevin Dunn. <laughs> I said Pete Dunn and Kevin Dunn. How much of lieutenants are they where their eyes and ears for Vince, Vince still inside the company? Or are they like, Vince, you fucked with our money by fucking with your money by all this coming out. Now we're involved. Like, are they? where do their allegiances lie? Mm-hmm. Are they looking for other jobs elsewhere? I mean, shit. Is Kevin Dunn close to retirement too? He, mm-hmm. he could very easily just take all his money right off into the sunset and be fine. They're also just as much a slave to the system as everyone else in creative and booking was that maybe <clears throat> they're incentivized that now there's more possibility for some of their stuff that Vince would have shot down where Trip and Steph would have been like, you know what, let's give that a chance. Let's see how far that idea or it's your possible. idea or your motivation or your thing will go as opposed yeah. to Vince being the ultimate no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. And then that also goes back to the other factor. We keep talking about Stefan Trips being in charge. There's a co-CEO there, Nick Khan. <laughs> and Nick Khan, we don't really know what the dynamic there is. For all we know, Nick Khan could have been the one to kind of leak the information or find the information for Vince because maybe he's trying to usurp the whole goddamn throne. Because mm-hmm. that been that's been a suspicion running around the internet for like months that Nick Khan is secretly trying to get a hold of WWE for himself. Yeah. So is there like three warring factions? Vince's side, Stephen Triple H's side, and then Nick Khan's side? Or are, are we just creating a narrative that isn't really there here out in fucking Houston, Texas? We have no idea what's going on in Stanford, Connecticut. I couldn't point to Stanford, Connecticut on a map. <laughs> you know? Are you surprised following that up? That this isn't getting as much attention as it should. On a on a bigger scale. You mean like mainstream media, Forbes, Rolling Stone, blah blah blah, this and that. Like I, know, I I see this as like similar villainy as like Elon Musk and Donald Trump pre-presidency of the kind of shady shit that they as bosses would do or get away with. 
But since WWE is that Bermuda Triangle of everything gets sucked in there and you don't know what's real or Memorex. Yeah, because it's like... It is sensational, the news, but it's not that sensational. Oh, a billionaire paid some money to, to fuck some porn... Uh, porn stars. To fuck some wrestlers? Mm-hmm. Big whoop. What did he do? Oh, he's gone? Okay, that's the end of the story. Mainstream media-wise, mm-hmm. right? Mainstream media, they're like, oh, yeah, another rich guy had an affair and paid money for the affair. Mm-hmm. And that's it. So, big, big whoop. Now, it's, it's, it's a big, big deal for wrestling and wrestling fans, you know, because of how, how it can affect the product. Because that's what I care about. I care about the product. When I hear that Triple H and Stephanie are in charge, my immediate thought is the product. You were watching SmackDown Friday? Uh, no, but I was watching Raw Monday. Okay, I'll give you that. I didn't give a flying fuck. I don't care if the, the money is lying Stephanie in Triple H's pocket. I honestly don't care if Nick Khan gets all that money. I don't care if Vince is getting the money or Laurinaitis or Kevin Dunn. I don't give a fuck about these rich people. But I care about the product. So am I happy that, that Triple H is in charge? I, I Tempered happiness? I have some tempered happiness because that means the product could be better. Could, could be better. Yeah. Now, if... And that's the other thing. We're talking a lot about Triple H here. How Triple H could be the savior of WWE. Are we going to get NXT Black and Gold Triple H? Or are we going to get... Triple H, I made CM Punk fucking walk away from the business. Because, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. Because for the longest time, people fucking hated Triple H and his management style and his backstage shenanigan and politicking and this and that because he was a toxic person in that work environment to trying to grab the fucking throne and, and have more stroke and this and that and, and, and have his own creative control with his own people and blah, 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 blah. He redeemed himself from that, that persona with NXT, mm-hmm. but w- w- what are we going to get if him in charge of WWE, right? And and I don't know, I don't know. That's why that's why I say I have tempered happiness, not because I'm happy for Steph that she's getting more zeros at the end of her paycheck, mm-hmm. right? I think I'm flying fuck. I I I might be happy because maybe the product is better. As a wrestling fan, I want to see wrestling be better. Gotcha. So then let's talk about the product. One word. If he gone, I'm gone. Brock walked before the taping of SmackDown on Friday. One word to them. Rumor. Okay. When I saw the news... My knee-jerk reaction was very similar to other people's knee-jerk reaction. But there was a big caveat. If it proves to be true. Mm -hmm. And that knee-jerk reaction is... Let's see how they handle this. If he's walking out for dumb, stupid shit... WWE gonna roast him? Like Naomi and Sasha? Or Punk. Or Punk? Or Steve Austin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are they going to roast him? Are they? And I was like, 
I also had had a little bit of a feeling of good. <laughs> what? What did you? What did you? What did you know? The trash took itself out. <laughs> My Oscar, you fucking gosh. Yeah, yeah. But I gotta wait. He's not there at Monday Night Raw. Let's get through the three hours first. Let's see if this is true. Well, it's Friday. This happened oh, on Friday. I'm sorry. Yeah. Friday Night Smackdown. Yep. Let's see if this is true. Within two hours. And he was there at the end of the show. So, the rumor is that he left. The rumor is that he came back. Mm-hmm. The rumor is that yeah, nothing really happened. He, he left, he came back. Eh, he didn't say that shit. Mm-hmm. Did he or did he not? I honestly don't know. I really, I, I don't know what to believe. So, I, I can't get on that fucking... That soapbox, that high horse, that that virtual si- virtue signaling like fucking holy fire that I want to be on because he 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 wasn't gone mm-hmm. as far as I know. Yeah, as far as I know, he wasn't gone. He showed up at the end of the show, which that could have been the plan all along. Why? Because he's Brock fucking Lesnar. Of course, Brock fucking Lesnar is going to be at the main event at the end of the show. Yeah. How many times in wrestling have we seen? Oh, Stone Cold's arriving to the arena. Bro, we're an hour and 15 minutes into the show and he's pulling up, arriving to the arena? He went around the block. He's been there. Like, come on, man. Like, I get it. In real life, call time is at fucking three. Yeah. You got to be at the arena at three, right? But kayfabe, kayfabe is, oh, he just showed up 30 minutes before the main event. Yeah. (laughs) So... What's the kayfabe here? What was true? What was not true? Did he really walk out? Did he not walk out? Did he just get pissed off and that's it and somebody took it out of context? Did absolutely nothing happen and somebody make it completely the fuck up? Oh, So, I'm going to give it the benefit of the doubt because that Friday was like the Katrina of hurricanes. We start that Friday afternoon with the news that Vince is retiring. The mm-hmm. thing that you never thought in this decade at least... Was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Then the announcements of Steph and Nick being co-CEOs. Then the announcement of Steph being head chairwoman. All these things were happening at once. It was like one domino after the other. Right. So in that moment, I can buy the news that Lesnar walked out. Yeah. So my one word for the moment of Lesnar walking out. Understandable. And Ooh, here's why. Okay, okay. And here's why. Brock Lesnar 2002, Brock Lesnar 2004. Fuck that guy. Played right from hell and all the other stuff that he was doing and what he was accused of doing. Fuck that guy. Brock Lesnar 2020, 21, 22, where he's actually being himself. He's actually going on multiple interviews and addressing the fact that he's got anxiety. He has all these issues that he's been fighting with. That he, This has been the most humanizing era of Brock Lesnar that we've ever seen as a viewer of the product and as fans okay. of the product. Okay. That's so fair. you try to put yourself in just a couple seconds. You try to put yourself in those big-ass shoes he's wearing and that fat-ass flannel he's wearing. And you realize that Vince is like a father figure to Brock. Vince is the one that reaches out to Brock. Greedy side, Vince is the one that gives Brock all that money. But the attachment is there. There's a reason why Brock keeps coming back, even after trying football, even after trying UFC, even after conquering UFC. He's still on these posters. So 
in his most vulnerable that he's ever been in the wrestling bubble mm-hmm. for his father figure to essentially be shown the door. Regardless of what's hearsay or what's disclosed or what hasn't been revealed or what's speculated. Him being out the door and Brock probably just being gutted emotionally from that. That he won't get to see his father figure coming through the curtain at Gorilla. Or being able to talk to him about creative. That that's gone now. A part of you that actually takes the time to see his perspective can actually feel for him. Right. And I can get it. It's like, you know what? Cooler heads will prevail. Right now, his head is at 450 boiling. He might have needed the weekend to just be like... (sighs) Sometimes we need that. And even a guy like Brock might need that. Or he might have needed that call from Vince. I'm gone, but I'm not really gone. Or it's going to be okay. I I will call you creative. Uh, Triple H is in charge of creative, but he's going to pass all the the scripts through me first. Yeah. Or, you know, we're just waiting until this fucking lawsuit blows over the night. Unretire. Because it's wrestling. Nobody ever stays retired. It's like comics. No one's ever dead. Yeah. Like Vince or fucking Ric Flair's last match was four matches ago. (laughs) Oh, we're going to talk about that tonight, too. Yeah. Oh, oh. Maybe that's what it was. I don't know. And then the other part that a lot of people might not... I haven't noticed a lot of people mention this. There's not really any senior talent backstage anymore. The oldest person in charge is probably... Orton. No, in in charge. So Triple H. He's in his 50s. Brock's younger than him. Brock is, is... Younger than him, but brought, but the management, Triple H, Stephanie, Shane, Nick Khan, they're not 75. They're not 76. They don't have 40 years of experience behind them. Mm. Some of that older talent that's there, they're, the, they're not his peers. They're the same age. So when you're used to taking someone that has, that has monolithic authority that's proven that he can make it work, and now all of a sudden it's Jim from accounting that has done the same thing I do, in a sense... Not to minimize Triple H's career, but in a sense, there isn't that mm-hmm. respect your elders kind of thing because we're all the same age now. We don't have the Linda McMahon who's in her 70s that you respect her because she's senior. She's tenured. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that, that could have probably frazzled Brock too because the contracts that Vince was giving him, you think Triple H is going to give him those contracts? Those extensions? Maybe. Or those new contracts? And I'm sure that would have ran through his head too. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. You're watching SummerSlam on Saturday? <laughs> you want the product to be better. How are you going to find out if you don't watch? No. I'm not watching the product on Saturday. You bitch. I know. <laughs> you just spent a fucking minute. I know. But I have good reason. Two good reasons. The first good reason is... If any sensational changes do happen, because remember, I'm putting all my bets on small incremental maybe changes here and there, maybe. But the hope is we're going to have big sensational changes. Mm -hmm. If if we were to get that, which I'm hoping for, it's not going to happen 
on this past SmackDown. It's not going to happen on Raw right before SummerSlam. It's not going to happen the Friday on SmackDown before SummerSlam. It's going to happen at SummerSlam. It's going to happen the Raw after SummerSlam, which also happens to be right here in Houston, Texas. Bang, bang. Um, so, no. I'm just as disinterested in SummerSlam as I was three weeks ago. Um, now, did my interest peak a little and did I watch Monday Night Raw? Yes. But after what, watching Monday Night Raw and I was like, there's no change. There's not going to be change. I'm going to give it until at, at least after SummerSlam. So that's number one, why I'm not watching the product. Number two, it's your boy is going to be doing commentary for UPW on Saturday night. <laughs> because UPW happens to be the same fucking night as SummerSlam. So come on out to Santa Fe, Texas. Uh, this uh, Saturday night. Nice. Yeah. Does it? Uh, okay. Something sensational. We had the last kind of like big shakeup we had, in my, if I can remember. Finn Balor beat Roman Reigns in a qualifier to become the uh, finalist for Universal Champ. He beat Rollins, became Universal Champ. Next night. Declared the title vacant because he had popped his shoulder out of place. Right. The next week on Raw, or two weeks later on Raw, right here, Kevin Owens won a fatal four-way. Mm-hmm. What is your definition today in 2022 of a sensational change that will make you either buy a ticket to see it live or to continue to start watching wrestling again? Whether it's three hours, two hours, fast forward, juice for 45 minutes, something. What would you like to see? I would like to see a couple of announcements. One of those announcements being there's no fucking brand split. Ooh! There's no brand split. Because the, the brand split has been a joke almost every time it's ever been done. Mm-hmm. Um, and right now there is one, but there, there, there shouldn't be. People go back and forth. It doesn't matter. So just fucking get rid of it. Since there is a brand split, or or not a brand split anymore, either announce that Roman is defending both titles in two separate matches. Or they're unified into into one. No. No, Oh, you want them separate? We need to ununify them. Okay. Because Roman's on SmackDown. Mm -hmm. So Roman can't have the Raw belt. But we're going to give him a shot. But... We got to have the SmackDown title defended. And we also had to have the Raw title defended. So the next pay-per-view, whatever it is, he's going to fight so two we don't, matches. So you don't want a brand split. You want one complete WWE team, yet you still want Roman to have two belts? Well, that's the thing. <laughs> that, Help me here. So so that is the conundrum, right? He's on Raw and the SmackDown, right? But not to have a brand split. So... Have them, have them just defended. That's it. WWE, Universal, that's it. Have them split up. Or, just exactly what you said, where it's, it's um, uh, it is unified. <clears throat> but one of the two. No, no, like, having your cake and eat it too. Uh, I don't need Roman coming out with two actual belts. If he's going to be unified, 
one belt is unified. Or split them up, have a Raw and a SmackDown, and have Challenger, have them fight twice. Gotcha. Um, so so th- those are a couple of things. Uh, next thing, do what Triple H always wanted to do. Make NXT a third brand and not only developmental and get rid of the 2.0 shit. You can keep the color scheme, fine, whatever. But NXT is going to be its, its, its own thing. And then get rid of some of these undercard titles. Because if you're going to have all of these other titles, you know, get rid of the 24-7. Get rid, That's got to go. Get rid of the United States, probably. Or the Intercontinental, but I can see them getting rid of the United States first. Get rid of the North American. Get rid of the UK. And then you just have uh, World and or Universal, or it's unified. And then you have Intercontinental, your tags, NXT. You kibosh NXT UK? I wouldn't kibosh... Well... Yeah, that's a good point. Leave NXT UK, but NXT UK is NXT UK. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so stuff like that. Like, do do some of those radical changes. And maybe even... Um, say, hey, we're gonna... Uh, um, like, sign new folks. Or whatever. And have, like, a, a real... Oh, wow. They signed this person kind of thing. You know, but um, that's where I want them to start going. That's where I want the, the, the direction to kind of head. That's what I mean by sensational stuff. Like try to right some of these wrongs, you know. I'm going to make this short because we say this so often on the on the show. Sensational change. Raw goes back to two hours. Oh, you want to make a difference. You want to do quality over quantity. If whether you end the brand split or not, Triple H has made it very public, very often that one of the biggest issues with Monday Night Raw right now is a consistent three hours, like the Raw One Thousand or the Raw Twentieth Anniversary or certain episodes that were worthy of being three hours because it was special edition or it was something that that would be memorable. I get it. Three hour Raws, man. God. That's not going to happen. That's not WWE's call. That's the network's call. It's all about the money. Network wants WWE programming. Mm -hmm. That doesn't necessarily mean three hours of Raw. Mm -hmm. You, you, how much programming is on W is on is out on TV now? That's that's got WWE label. Raw, Mm -hmm. SmackDown, Mm -hmm. NXT, Mm -hmm. Total Divas. Mm -hmm. Is that still a thing? Total Bellas Miss Misses. Miss and Misses. A and E. Have you been watching the rivalry documentary? Mm-mm. Have you been watching A and E's biography di- documentaries? Mm-mm. There's a lot more programming on WWE. Make new program. There's more new programming. WWE Evil series. Natty Sisters Only Fan. Uh, of course, mm-hmm. I'll buy that for a dollar. <laughs> you can have that first hour. It's ten. That's fine. <laughs> I got change. <laughs> that first hour can be. Nostalgic, something that a documentary, a series, Stone Cold Sessions, have has break it up into hourly sessions. Previously, previously made episodes. So you're saying you don't want Law and Order to be the, the lead in for Raw? <laughs> Not unless CM Punk's guest starring. Um, <laughs> the actual show that has storyline, Raw, needs to be two hours. That third hour could be some other WWE programming. I even before. When NXT was still on the network, 
NXT could have been that third hour. Mm-hmm. And it's if, it, if it's not being considered a brand, it's separate from what you're watching so that I can miss NXT if it's not any good, like most of it is right now. And just watch, Ron, watch Raw from 8 to 10 Central, 9 to 11 Eastern Time. Three hours of Raw is so fucking much, dude. That, like, when you say drastic or sensational, mm-hmm. you're talking, like, stuff on the, on the whiteboard that's been on the very top for years that there's stuff on the bottom that gets brushed out, but the top stuff still remains. And notice that we're not talking at all about storylines and characters. I mean, a little bit with the whole Roman thing, but that's more of, like, title management than it is, like, That's more of a hierarchy. Roman. That's mm-hmm. more of a title hierarchy than actually actual storytelling. Um... Yeah. Because I think that while the storylines need to get better, while there needs to be more interesting stuff and more believable characters, I think that's only going to come from time as long as it's being managed well. And that's getting rid of like scripted promos. But you're not going to have an announcement of, hey, we don't have scripted promos anymore, right? Let- letting uh, wrestlers have a little bit more creative control. Not a whole lot because I get it. You know, you're trying to run a, a multi-billion dollar yeah. company. You know, you don't have the creative freedom to do that. Um, but, but, yeah. But at the same time, don't forget yeah. what you came from. Yeah. When you have a three-hour wrestling show and 18 minutes is actual wrestling, that's a problem. <laughs> when yeah. two hours of Dynamite, 120 minutes, 104 of those minutes are wrestling... You're giving the customers what is advertised, an actual wrestling show. Well, but that's the thing. WWE's not advertised as a wrestling show. Sports entertainment. It's advertised as sports entertainment. Yeah. That and there's and that's You know what? what? That could be that could be the big announcement. We are no longer sports entertainment. We are well what's our second W World Wrestling Entertainment. Yeah. Have Triple H or Steph come out and say we're gonna put the W back in WWE. So get and actually that. show it. Yeah, yeah, that could be a that could be a sensational thing that that she does. Now, it very much well could wind up being lip service, the same way how that one night what was it four years ago, the Triple H, Steph, Vince, you. and and yeah, Shane, yeah, we're listening to you. We're gonna get it, and then absolutely nothing changed. Yeah. Are we done with the retirement? I hope so. Okay. So let's get the rest of WWE out of the way. What do you think of Liv Morgan winning Money in the Bank and becoming Women's Champ for SmackDown? I like it. Um, I think it was the right call as far as um, who had the momentum, who was fresh, who the fans wanted. It's very rare for WWE to actually strike while the iron is hot. And they did. They had Liv win Money in the Bank and then use the Money in the Bank to win the title, which I was wanting to happen but wasn't expecting to happen because my expectations for WWE are so low. Mm-hmm. So the fact that they did the thing that I and most other IWC members wanted to happen, wrestling fans wanted to happen, it was a pleasant little surprise. It's rare that a talent, whether it's a male or female, keeps their temperature for as long as they do because if, if, if we try to be fans of the product 
I was at Money in the Bank last year, and last year, people wanted Liv to win. Uh, yeah. And it didn't happen. Well. Um, and the fans didn't stop. We like this girl. We like watching this girl. We like cheering for this girl. She deserves a run. She deserves an opportunity. Mm-hmm. I said it when we did the prediction show. If she drowns, at least they threw her ass in the water. Right. And they actually, the, the, it, she wasn't as hot, but, I, uh, but she still wasn't frigid. And they still gave her the opportunity anyway. And they didn't make us, they didn't make us force WWE's own hand. Which is, god damn, I can't believe we're coming up on WrestleMania 40. And I'm about to talk about WrestleMania 30 as though it's the modern era. But <laughs> we had to force WWE's hand at WrestleMania 30 to do the shit that they would, should have done with Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania 27. Almost partly at the expense of CM Punk. Yes! And, and, and as much as Stephanie might want you to believe that the, uh, the Yes movement was from that night where everybody was in the fucking Yes t-shirts and they had everybody surround the ring and Daniel Bryan was doing Yes, 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 that that was the Yes movement? Hell no. No, that was WWE's acknowledgement of the Yes movement and their attempt to make it seem like it was their idea all along. No, the Yes movement was way before that, mm-hmm. leading up to that. We were hijacking shows left and right for goddamn half a year <laughs> trying to force WWE's hand and we were successful at it and we haven't been successful since so when we try to attempt to think about maybe kind of sort of maybe doing it again with somebody else it loses steam because people are like god damn I'm tired mm-hmm. but with Liv it never got to that part of god damn okay we're tired mm-hmm. it was like hey we really like this girl we really like this girl oh you like this girl okay cool yeah. Oh shit! You're actually giving me what I want. <laughs> oh, sweet Jesus! Mm-hmm. So it's a pleasant surprise. Nikki won it last year. Mm-hmm. Cashed in the next night. Won the women's title. Lost it within four weeks. Yeah. How did you feel when that happened? Disappointed. Would you be equally more or less disappointed if she drops the belt back to Ronda at SummerSlam? More. Defend yourself. Because I give a shit more about Liv Morgan than I did about about Nikki. Yeah, that ch- character change was like what six weeks, and yeah. then she had already won the briefcase like nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. What about Theory? He wasn't even in the match, and now he's carrying the briefcase going into SummerSlam, heelishly, obviously, tooting his horn that he's gonna cash it in after this last man standing match. Your thoughts. Either it's going to be a botched cash-in where he doesn't actually get a chance to actually cash-in, or he's going to lose. I, I, don't think, I don't see him successfully cashing in and walking away with the title. I just don't see it. Mm-hmm. Um, now, would that be something sensational to do? Yeah, it's sensational, but in the wrong fucking direction. Because <laughs> nobody gives a shit. I was just about to say that. Nobody gives a shit about theory. Right? Would you give a shit about Austin Theory? Maybe. Maybe. And 
all this that I'm talking about is not a, a, a dig on Austin Theory, on the guy, on the wrestler. I think he has potential. I think there might be something there. I think um, he's got two years before he becomes something relevant enough to carry around some gold. Especially could. in that limelight. But you know what he has? He has the Vince McMahon stink on him. Relevance. He, he's got that Vince stink. The only reason why he's in the position that he's in is that he is... Well, Vince is his daddy. Yeah. Like oh, Roman said. Oh, man. Yeah. That was a great promo. That was really yeah, good. Yeah, that was great. They but, didn't but, waste yeah. any time acknowledging Vince is gone. But Vince was his daddy. So he's kind of got that stink. So I don't know if it's a good idea to kind of push him if you're trying to get rid of the Vince stink. Mm-hmm. Does he have potential? Yes. He has potential. Is he a handsome, good-looking dude? Hell yeah. He could be on posters. Is he uh, Is he a guy that's athletic enough? Probably. Can he wrestle well enough? Yeah, he's serviceable. You know, he's not lighting the world on fire with his matches, but he's serviceable. He's and he sound. Can, and he can improve. Mm-hmm. Just like, just like, and you're going to kill me for this, and if Travis was sitting here, he's going to kill me for this. Just like Randy Orton, just like The Rock. Randy Orton and The Rock were both criticized for their uh, in-ring work. Mm-hmm. They weren't great wrestlers. People really despised The Rock when he was first going up on his uh, ascent to fame because he wasn't that great in the ring. Same with Randy Orton. Oh, another headlock, Randy? Yeah. It was their characters that got them over. Same thing with Austin Theory. Austin Theory could have characters there. He's got charisma. He's serviceable Mm -hmm. in the ring. He's not not a fucking technician, high flyer, wow you with his moves kind of guy. But like, like most things in wrestling... I, I have this I have this weird theory, <laughs> no pun yeah. intended, yeah. that every wrestler in professional wrestling gets that one moment where they can ascend to the next level, and it's up to them whether they notice that it's happening or not. Okay. No one, no one would have ever thought Becky Lynch would have got over as the man. That whole main event at WrestleMania walked out with two belts. Mm-hmm. No one thought that stunning Steve Austin would be one of the greatest legends of all fucking time. Yeah. It's about the moment. Yeah. Making it or acknowledging that it exists and getting on it and riding that hoe. Yeah. Which is kind of begrudgingly what Roman did. Legend killer. Is what got Randy Orton to, you know what? I can make this work. And he got to wrestle The Undertaker at WrestleMania 21 as my arms get goosebumps thinking about it. Yeah. The Rock. (laughs) Do we really need to explain The Rock for you? (laughs) Theory has that same opportunity. That he can either make or acknowledge when it comes his way. And hold on like a mofo. I could hear Travis. I can't believe you're comparing Austin Theory to The Rock. (laughs) Well, goddamn, pal. I'm not saying he's as charismatic as The Rock. I'm just saying that the pattern can be the same. Because you could go like The Rock or you could go like The Miz. Yeah. Because The Miz, never firing it up in the ring, but he's charismatic. Miz is not the greatest of all time. But... He's serviceable, and he has his fans, and he rode his moment. 
He did. Even you don't even have to be in the business to have your moment. How how did he exist? Do you know the story of how he exists? Yeah, he was on the fucking real world. No, what are you talking about? He was on road rules. Road. He was on road rules, Same and his thing. gimmick was I'm Mike the Miz Mazanin, and he wants to be a pro wrestler, and da 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 da. And carried that shit when he got popular, when he got notoriety and fame from it, and carried it all the way to a contract through Tough Enough, through hazing, through mid card, to main eventing WrestleMania against John Cena as World Heavyweight Champion. Yeah, I have the theory that every wrestler has their moment. Yeah, it just depends whether you find it or not, and it might not necessarily be while you're in the ring. Mm-hmm. We'll keep the WWE train going so that we can get it out of the station. Um, match of the week worthy candidacy: Natty versus Ronda from fucking Money in the Bank. That's fair. I just was a little bit disappointed that the crowd wasn't as into it as people maybe watching at home because that was probably the best match. <laughs> That's fair too. At least Ronda's ever had in WWE. Okay. Yeah. Let's try something we haven't done in a while. All right. We're bringing back rapid fire tonight. Oh, shit. Baron Corbin, McAfee. Give me a number. It's, it's seven. Seven. Who you got winning? Corbin. I'm going Corbin, too. Okay. Logan Paul against The Miz. <laughs> Eight. And I, what? I, I hate to say that I'm that high. But my my curiosity is peaked. Six because after what happened on Raw, I don't know if Logan Paul is the face in this. They found it's a Paul. How do you fucking cheer a Paul? I get why he's supposed to be booked as a babyface here, and he's a decent human being. I met the dude at WrestleMania weekend, but in this aspect, in this verse, in this story, six. And I think I have the Miz winning. Yeah, my eight isn't at all for the story. Marie's coming out with the, the ball purse and just talking about the balls and this and that. I don't give a flying fuck about the balls. But I like the Miz. And, and bring a personality out of Maurice. I don't really like Logan Paul because I'm not supposed to really like Logan Paul as far as I know. But I'm interested to see what the fuck is a Logan Paul. Yeah. And I think that might be the Bad Bunny effect. Because they're they're, dude. He showed up and showed out at WrestleMania. He was getting the booze like nobody's business, and he's been training better than and half he's the roster. Serious, he was and getting. Yeah. He might actually make a goal of this wrestling thing. Which, Wrestle, fuck WrestleMania thirty nine in Los Angeles. Book it, Logan Paul, Bad Bunny one on one. The Mysterios against Judgment Day, no DQ. Um, I would be at about an eight, but I'm at a six, and the reason why is because Yahweh. Yeah, you just saw it on Monday, uh, five times on Monday, and it like, was on main yeah. event. That match was on main event like a month ago. If you blink, you would have never known, dude. Like how many times do they gotta do the backstage segment where they fucking jump them? Like I get it, yeah, no, like one, one, one of those segments is all you needed when they interrupted the celebration in the ring. That's all. But then they had to do the backstage. And, the and then match. the other and one the the backstage. And the match. And the... Yeah, what, dude, you... All right, Arnold. Two hours. <laughs> God damn. We had an hour's worth of, of, of fucking 
Judgment Day, jump in the Mysterios. Four, I got the Judgment Day winning. Dominic has to turn on him. This is the next thing to get Dominic interesting because this is it. Yeah. Yahweh. Mm-hmm. Shinsuke Nakamura-san versus Gunta. Intercontinental strap daddy. Three. What? Three. Gunther's winning. Come on, man. Like, I can't. I can't. You can't give me more torture porn with, with fucking Shinsuke. Every time Shinsuke's in the ring, he's not winning. And I want him to be the biggest fucking star in all of wrestling. And he never has been and he's never going to be. So anytime Shinsuke shows up on my TV in a WWE ring, I shed a tear. Oof. I'll, I get it. Ooh. Dude, that Jolly Rancher went down hard all of a sudden. <laughs> Fuck. I'm at an eight for this. All right. I probably have been one of the few people in our group. Mm-hmm. I still watch SmackDown from time to time. Mm-hmm. The character of Gunther is winning me over like a fungus. Okay. He sends Marcel. He sends or, um, oh no, what, what Ludwig. Now? Ludwig. Ludwig to fight Nakamura. Yeah. Nakamura beats him. Mm-hmm. So instead of lifting up your boy and building him up for the next round. He's beating the shit out of him like my mom used to to me. Look how you turned out. Like a fucking million bucks. Counterfeit. But damn. <laughs> and then again, the rematch to see if he's worthy. Yeah. And then Luke, you, it's way too fucking soon, but I am already getting sympathy for Ludwig. Okay. Because he's getting the fuck chopped out of him. And the might and the, and the, and the commentary is doing the best thing possible by just laying out. And just letting it, letting it go. <laughs> oh my god! I'm, it's, I'm slowly starting to get over Walter. Okay. I'm, I'm get, I'm getting past Fat Walter, and I'm getting into Skinny Gunther. I'm getting there. Okay. I'm getting there. This looks like he could have a run of, for a while okay. with that IC belt. So I'm at an eight. I got Gunther winning, but now I'm not as happy about it because you just fucking brought me down. Yeah. Lashley versus versus Theory for the U.S. title. Have you seen enough of this, or do you want one more? Uh, I'm at a four. <laughs> um, the interesting stuff for Theory has nothing to do with Lashley, and that sucks because I like Lashley, and I still have high hopes for Lashley. But those hopes are getting more and more dashed. He is going the way of a Ziggler. That's an, that's another situation where. A unified heavyweight championship is becoming a detriment because there's at least three or four people besides Roman that can be heavyweight champ right now. Yeah. That can help lift up the rest of the roster. And Lashley's one of them. Lift up the rest of the goddamn product. I'm at a four because I'm already tired of seeing this. Lashley with the U.S. belt, hopefully he starts doing open challenges and maybe the product during the week gets interesting. Mm -hmm. Especially with Triple H being a fan of actual wrestling, maybe give Lashley 15, 20 minutes against random people Mm -hmm. and hopefully make that show better. I got Lashley winning. Usos and the Street Profits. (laughs) Jeff Jarrett is the guest referee for the Unified Tag Team Titles. I would be at like an eight, but because of Jeff Jarrett, I'm at a five. Four. Why? Why, Jarrett? Like, come, no, I don't care. Jarrett, really? It's natural. <sighs> Daddy. I got the Usos winning. Four Usos are winning, which sucks because on Arnold's advice, I went back and watched the tag match for Money in the Bank. 
That shit was fire, dude. It was. Botch finish be damn. Liv Morgan against Ronda Rousey for the SmackDown title. Five. And I think most of most of the reason for the five is the anxiety of who's actually going to win that. Trepidation. You don't want to yeah, see her. Trepidation is probably yeah. a better word. Yeah, because like Liv should win this, but there's a big, big chance Liv won't win it. And I'm going to be pissed. And then she goes. So I'm not going to be happy if Liv wins. I'm going to be relieved. <laughs> you know, so there's no outcome that's going to make me happy. If that makes sense. That's why I'm at a five. I'm either going to be severely disappointed disappointed, or relieved. Five. I'm going on a limb that um, Morgan retains. I love Liv. She is not a natty. She is not a Charlotte. She is not a Becky. She is not a person that leads matches. Mm-hmm. So I'm just hoping that it entertains me. Okay. But I want Liv to win. Raw side. See if you've heard this one before. SummerSlam. Bianca Belair. Becky Lynch. <laughs> Raw win his title. Number. Seven. It's still Becky versus Bianca. Um, I mean, multi-pass Becky has been kind of interesting, at least with her outfits. Um, and I, I just, I want the world for, for Bianca. I want the world for her. Seven, I'm afraid that this is going to be another one of those 30 seconds, but revenge, that Bianca wins it in 30 seconds. The bell rings, she just uses her hair and whips Becky to death yeah. and pins her and just retribution. But I'm, I'm, I want a match out of this, and I want, I want Bianca to win. Yeah. So, last man standing. Mm-hmm. Rings, Lesnar. Have I seen that before somewhere? Both the belts. Advertised as last time ever. I don't have one of those posters. But still, number. I am at a zero. Zero for this. The same the same reasoning that I have a five for the, the Ronda versus Liv match. Kind of applies here. Nothing will make you happy. Nothing's going to make me happy. Nothing's going to make me relieved either. Either outcome pisses me the fuck off. If Roman. There's only two. Well, no. Either outcome pisses me the fuck (laughs) off. Any three outcomes will piss me the fuck off. If Roman wins and we have another long fucking ray of Roman with the two belts, ugh. I mean, Roman's doing very, very well. I like his character. Yes, I acknowledge my tribal chief. Thank you. I get it. Yes, cool. I just He doesn't need both fucking belts. Brock? I don't... If this was for one belt, maybe I'd be excited. Split these fucking belts up. But no, this is just the same problem, but on a different guy who isn't all that different. When's the last time that we've had a champ besides Brock or besides Roman? McIntyre, Lashley, Biggie. I'm sorry, but I know Jack at your point. Yes, thank you. Like they're being I don't, right I don't now. care. And if it's Theory, I'm still disappointed because Theory, come on, man. It's Theory, sensational. It'll no, get you to watch the viewy views. No, it won't. <laughs> because he's got the Vince. 
stink on him still. That watch the TV like this. I'm not going to watch this TV like that. <laughs> he's got the mid stink. He's, he's too, I don't want to say green, but he's too new to have such a huge fucking responsibility because they made this thing to be so big. Because you're telling me this pipsqueak is going to be the one that's going to take it out for Roman? For both belts? Get the fuck out of here. And the U.S. title. Ah! No. No. No, I'm going to be pissed off either way. I'm at a three. I don't want to see this anymore. Booking under Vince McMahon with both of these guys. Have both of them up here and everyone else trying to come up for air around here. Mm-hmm. The booking of day one where Lesnar showed up last minute. And beat everybody up and pinned Big E for that title. You remember that? Yeah. Lashley and McIntyre are the only people that I think could even come close in the match for me to believe, suspend my disbelief enough to think that they could beat either of those two. And there's no one else left after that. And see, Lashley and McIntyre can believably get the belts off of these two mm-hmm. and can believably be beaten by anybody else they're trying to build. So if 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 it is theory that you want to build, if it is uh, uh, AJ that you want to give a shot to now as, as a champ again, or Shinsuke, or Gunther, whoever, I can't see any of these people beating Brock or Roman. And the only two people that could possibly beat Brock or Roman are Lashley and Drew. And they can be beat by anybody else, which frees up the rest of the roster. Mm-hmm. So it's not so much that I'm a, a big fan of Lashley or Drew. Uh, although I, I, I am a fan of Lashley. I am a fan of Drew. But that, that's not my reasoning for wanting them to have the titles. My reasoning for ha- wanting them to have the titles is that now we could play with all of the crayons in the, in the fucking box now. You know? Speaking of which, yeah. it'll probably be announced tomorrow on SmackDown. Okay. Finally, Sheamus versus... What's up, Rob? Robert Sh- Trapp in the live chat. Sheamus versus Drew, one-on-one. Winner gets a title match against whoever walks out of the last man standing match at the Clash of the Castle pay-per-view in the UK. I'm at a six. I got uh, uh, Drew winning. I'm at a five. And... Fuck it. Seamus. And Seamus is just fodder. Seamus, I've already seen Drew versus Brock. I've already seen Drew versus But Roman. I can't see Seamus she- versus- being a threat to either one of those. Drew is the only one that's a threat to either one of those guys. Do you really think Seamus has a, a, a snowball's chance Sheamus of Seamus has cashed in against Roman and he's beaten Roman more than once. That's a cash in. That's not a straight up one But afterwards, still. Ah. I just... I just want to be refreshed. I want something new. I want something that I haven't seen in a while. I don't want to see the same shit again. Drew, really? Robert says, I would like to see Sheamus, but WWE doesn't buy in on him. Right, another one. Yeah. Overall, SummerSlam, the show that you're not going to watch live because you're going to be working. <laughs> Five. Four. Okay. Go up a little more. Mm-hmm. Ric Flair's last match. Oh, God damn. Are we going to play rapid fire again? Sure. Sure. Phoenix, Laredo Kid, Bandito, and Taurus. Fatal four way. God damn, that sounds really good. Uh, you, you like brightened yeah. up real quick. That was like a sunrise. Uh, just on paper, seven. Eight. Who you got win? 
Uh, Bandino. Phoenix. Okay. Davy Boy Smith Jr. versus Killer Cross. Seven. Seven. Just on paper, that sounds good. Cross. Uh, Davy Boy. Really? Mm-hmm. All right. The American Wolves against the Motor City Machine Guns. Wow. Nine. Nine. Holy fuck, really? <laughs> Has that happened before? I. Is there a storyline? Is there a feud going into this? this or, these are like. This, this is just, just a dream match. This is these are dream matches. That's right? all it's, this is. There's no storyline. It's nothing. being co-promoted by like AAA, Impact, fucking. There's like three or four different uh, federations that are getting in on this on this Ric Flair pie. Not to mention Jim Crockett promotions. I mean, if there was story production, give me a hype video, give me something. That's a ten. I, I could be at a ten. That is a ten. Yeah, but I'm at a nine because I don't think there's any of that on there, and it's just for this. Who's promoting this? To Jim be Cro- to be Jim fair, Crockett if it's out there, you haven't seen it. It's not NWA, right? No. What is what is it's, it's Jim, Jim Crockett Promotions? Really? Who dusted off that <laughs> that old <Oprah>? probably Jim? Hey, <laughs> Deanna Perazzo, Rachel Ellering, Jordan Grace, Triple Threat, Impact Knockouts title. Seven. Seven. Winner. Grace. Grace. Josh Alexander versus motherfucking Jacob Fatu for the Impact World Championship. Five. Eight. Really? On paper. Okay. We're talking about Jacob Fatu. I've been wa- I still watch okay, that LW. I, I mean, dude. The stuff that you've seen was not good fruit, but he's done better. And, and this is going to be so racist. I all the other like members of the Anoa family that aren't the Usos and Roman, I get them all confused. Which, <laughs> they all look the same. Which one's in in New Japan? Wait, which one's showing up in Impact? Wait, which one's the one that's in the They're Bullet Club? Mo- and not in the Bullet Club. Oh wait, he's in NXT 2.0. Wait, who's this one? And I like, I don't know who any of them are. Most of them are out of shape with long hair and a bunch of tattoos. Anyway, they all look the same. Yeah, <laughs> and and I don't I, like which one's the good one. I don't know. Are they all good ones? Are they not good ones? Like. Which, who's the scrub of the family? <laughs> Who is the one from Legacy? I don't know. Manu. He's the scrub. He's the scrub? Yeah, we haven't seen him since. Wait, where's, which one's Legacy? What's Legacy? <laughs> Orton, uh, Cody, Ted Jr., and they brought in Manu for oh, a cup of coffee. You remember? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He was the heater. He was always getting Where's he? The scrub of the family. Okay. I got Alexander winning. It's a sprawling bunch. <laughs> yes, Rob. Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett against Andrade El Idolo and Ric Flair in his eighth last match. Have you heard the stories online going around that Ric Flair wanted to do a dive off the top rope yes. because he sees Sting doing it and Charlotte's like, yes. cut the shit. Yes. <laughs> If you want to see a person die live on pay-per-view, watch this match. I'm now, four. I said earlier in the show I'm at a four. that, man, I'd be at an eight, but because of Jeff Jarrett, I'm at a five. Man, I would be at a five, but because of Jeff Jarrett for this match, I'm at a three. Oh, it's in Nashville, too. Come on, man. Why? Like, who told Jeff Jarrett that he's a goddamn draw? Who lied to this man? He must think it's still 98. I'm <laughs> 99. Like, I'm not even... I, I'm not lowering my, my fucking number for, for Flair. I'm lowering my number for fucking Jeff Jarrett. 
Why? Is like, you know what? I would rather see. I would rather see Andrade versus Lethal with Flair in Andrade's corner and Jarrett. In, in concessions. Okay, okay, yeah. In concessions. Like, playing acoustic melodies. Like, yeah. Why is Jared in... What? What? <sighs> <laughs> Apparently, it's the last match. So, Jay, so Ric Flair is losing, right? Or is it because it's his ninth last match that it's he's supposed to go out match. on... He's going out on top. It's not his last match. <sighs> <laughs> Do you, okay. I need to give a little bit of context. Do you want to know how how hurt my butt is? Plenty, I bet. My my butt is so hurt. So hurt. Oh, no. That you, you fucking son of a bitch, you convinced me to go to WrestleMania 24 <laughs> to see Ric Fair's last motherfucking match. Ah, that one kind of did hurt a <laughs> Ever. And I did. And I had my ticket stub. And I had my ticket stub signed by Ric Flair. Because it was his last match ever. That's not my fault. (laughs) And I had it framed and put on the wall. Because it was Ric Flair's last match ever. And I was so excited about that one piece of memorabilia because I'm not a memorabilia guy but you know what this is the one thing that could be my memorabilia thing and I'm not even that big of a Ric Flair fan god damn it but that was my one thing that I'm like I am proud to have this and it means bumpkiss because it's not his fucking last match since you're so emotionally invested would you give me the opportunity to make it up to you no. <laughs> that was a very trash moment of me. Yeah, okay, what do you have in mind, Skippy? As the viewers and listeners, as my witness. Yeah. The next time Ric Flair comes to town for a meet and greet, I will personally pay for you to meet Ric Flair just for you to tell him how disappointed you are and you show him that ticket and fuck it, you give him that ticket. <laughs> that you were wronged and that you are owed and that you're eighth oh, in line God. behind all his ex-wives a, that they need that you need retribution. I'm not handing you over You need reparations. I'm not handing over what is essentially three hundred dollars of my own goddamn hard-earned money back to him. <laughs> you know, it's probably even more, because I'm thinking the ticket to go to WrestleMania. The ticket for the for the plane, the hotel stay, coming back, paying for the autograph at a different autograph signing somewhere else, and then paying for the framing. Bro, bro I probably spent five, six hundred dollars on that one piece of fucking memorabilia that I collected old school style, getting this by doing that, getting it signed later, putting it on the wall, like fucking like like, like a geek. Like a geek. <laughs> you pencil that geek. <laughs> Rottweiler on Saturday. What's Rottweiler on Saturday, Robert? He wants this. Rottweiler, Jay Davis. He's what? A U- he's a UPW uh, heavyweight champ. Oh. Yes. Apparently, he wants you to talk about him. Yeah. Uh, he is our champ. 
He won the title and is a part of Blade Enterprises, and Blade Enterprises seems to have kicked out Jason Sullivan, and, like, I guess he's retiring, because Johnny Blade is saying that he's retiring, and we've heard... Rob Waller took the belt from Blade after he won the... Yeah. And not... Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. COVID brain, still. Yeah. So... I listen. So I, I don't know if Sully's actually going away... Or is he going to try to get a little bit of revenge on the Rottweiler? But Jay Davis is defending the title against the Fireman Luther Black. So I'm going to give him a little bit of advice because uh, a lot of people learn this from Andrew Vick. You don't ever get revenge on Rottweilers, ever. So with that being said, we've got all the WWE dreck out of the way. God damn. It's 920. <laughs> we spent an hour and a half. One word. Ring of Honor, Death Before Dishonor, the main event is over. What are you thinking? Oasis. <laughs> oh, bathe me in the cleansing waters of ROH. Oh, yes. Dear eight so pound, refreshing. six ounce baby Jesus. Oh. All tucked away up there. Thank you. Oh. <sighs> Damn. Damn. It's like you just had the Garnier in your hair. You're about yes. to orgasm. Woosa. <laughs> you getting Randy and Forge jealous over there at all. I know, right? <laughs> Robert says I'm jealous of that hair. <laughs> well, it's all here. Yeah. It's done here yeah, or he's, here. It's the Kenny G syndrome. Yes. Doesn't matter how long yeah. he even trips over, he's fucking ball. Yeah. <laughs> Here. Yeah. Oh, Here's yeah. some hair for you to get there you over. Yeah, there a little bit of salt and pepper. Get them 50 and 60 year old. Oh! Yeah. <laughs> I can verify those too. Uh, one Giggity. word. Yeah, your one word. What's your one word for death before dishonor? W H E W. Whew. Whew. Yep. COVID breath all over me. I think my match of the week pick overall is from Ring of Honor. Yes. Same. It would probably be no surprise to you all right. that my pick is Wheeler Yudo against Daniel Garcia for the ROH Pure title. And the only Whoa. defense I will give it is what I've said before on this show. Whoa. I expected an 11 from the Briscoes and FTR. They gave me an 11. I expected an 8, 7.5. From you and Garcia. And you got a 10. And a half. Okay. 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 What's your pick? There's a lot of good shit on that show. There is. <laughs> and I, I have my obvious pick and my... I kind of want to argue for this. this argue then. Well, I, I'll give you my obvious one first. Obviously, it's the main event. Main event, the tag. Yeah. yeah. But the one I kind of want to argue for... I don't want to argue for Mercedes and Serena. Really? I kind of want to argue for Mercedes and Serena. I kind of really love that match. And I don't love Mercedes or Serena. And this match (laughs) kind of made me love Mercedes and Serena. (laughs) Uh, I don't want to be an asshole. Okay. Even with AEW's women's roster... 
I still feel that there's a bit more routine and a little less. Ugh. It's missing grit. Serena and Mercedes brought the fucking they brought grit. grit. They, they were at, uh, there were times where I thought they were just <laughs> as good as the men as far as being stiff, being consistent, being fluid, and it was just fucking good. And it was all those things you just said. And technically complex. God damn. They were moving in and out of moves with such fluidity and into submissions and into a pin. And that pin rolled into a submission and a counter to counter to counter to counter. My mind was blown by these girls. Mm-hmm. I fucking loved this match. What I Because it blindsided what, you. What I saw from them is what I expected to see from Claudio and Grisham. That was... <laughs> <clears throat> That was a blessing and a disappointment because I've watched enough Gresham matches to know that that was damn near a squash match on Gresham. He got very it, little offense. And I thought it to, ended abruptly. I'll give credit where it's due. If you had FTR and uh, Briscoe's co-main eventing and you end that show with, Bre- with Gresham and, and Claudio, people weren't going to stand for it. You had to have separated it, especially because that FTR Briscoe's, with all due respect, is what brought everybody into that arena and on pay-per-view. So you had to space it out. So yeah. I, I, it was a brilliant call be to have. You be first. Yes. Yeah. I get so it. I agree with that. But damn, that the if you're invested in Gresham's career, if you're listening to commentary, if you're listening to Regal gush over Gresham, that he's won 17 matches with 17 different holds. Yes. 14 minutes is a fucking dis- injustice. And the finish itself was abrupt. Yeah. It was... It, was, mm, I, it I, needed 10 more minutes in the oven. I wanted, I wanted Claudio, if he was going to win, I wanted Claudio to win in a squeaker. Like, he barely got out of it with his life, much less the title. And that's not what I got. And you know what the worst part is? Now, I, don't get me wrong, I'm happy Claudio won. But the you match, yeah, and and I'm more disappointed with the match because of what I've heard after. Because when the match immediately ended, I was like, okay, though well, this wasn't great, but I still want to see more of Gresham. It was a good start. It was a good start. Good. It was a good start. It was a good start. Yeah. But apparently, it was an eh, end, mm-hmm. considering all the rumors that are flying around. And I, again, I don't know what's. Act- actually true who said what first was it the the thing that everyone's saying it was uh tony called him a dwarf is that really what happened that's what started it but then i saw stuff about oh gresham just cussed out tony so pissed that he was lacking communication with tony himself up until the day of the show yeah so where's where's the truth but the end result is the end result yeah gresham asked for his release and And i'm disappointed with that and that sucks so yeah, I really wanted to see more of Grisham, and, and it kind of tarnishes the match itself because the match could have been here, and the 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 fallout could have brought it higher, but the fallout actually brought it lower, especially after the fact. You walk, you walk out like, "Hey, yo, Prince Nana, what the fuck are you doing here?" Well, that's because you didn't watch the buy-in or the zero hour, whatever they call it. Is that what they call it? Zero yeah. hour? Yeah, you didn't watch a zero hour. Uh, so apparently, Tully Blanchard sold 
of, of Blanchard Enterprises to uh, Prince Nana. So Prince Nana owns... Why? Huh? Why? Because Prince Nana's got that money. No, because fucking Blanchard is out also. Why is he out? He's gone. Gone He's where? released from AEW and Ring of Honor. Oh, He's really? He's gone. <laughs> kayfabe wise yeah. kayfabe kayfabe nana oh okay. my god when prince nana showed up my dick went like that i was like yes fucking prince nana hell yeah i was so excited to see prince nana and then he was like i bought totally Brenton enterprises i was like no shit you did and like hell yeah i was very excited and so he he so he has brian cage, brian cage the tag team the though. tag of which the names Samoans that I don't know, yeah, but the they, they looked pretty cool when they had their match because <clears throat> they had their match. And also Jonathan Grisham. Mm-hmm. So when he, when, when they said that, because he said, I will be accompanying Jonathan Grisham to the ring. When Jonathan Grisham came out and Prince Nana wasn't there and Prince Nana didn't come out until like, I don't know, four minutes into yeah. the match. I was like, there huh, yeah. that's weird. Why didn't he come out? Uh, hmm, hmm. But yay, Prince Nana. But hmm. Oh my god! Uh, can, can can we go back a little bit? Go. Oh. So I, I I know we don't have this as a category, and it's for a good reason. Uh, we're dividing up our match of the years by uh, a company, mm-hmm. right? Uh, ROH is one of the companies that we have as as a because it's ROH and the rest, right? So it's WWE main roster, NXT, right, mm-hmm. and then AEW. ROH and the rest, mm-hmm. correct? Okay. I know that we don't do this. We don't have a women's match of the year. And the reason why is because we want them to be on equal footing with the guys. So if you're the best match in AEW, if you're a guy or girl, you're the best match in AEW. Right? But I kind of want to say that this match with Mercedes and Serena is the best women's match I've seen all year. Regardless, regardless of company, note it, and we'll bring it, and we'll give it the, we'll give it the shine it deserves at the end of the year. I don't think it's the best match on this card, though. I think they were outshined by the tag. But still, yeah, I, I yeah. get where you're coming from. Yeah, that we have a women's match or two on this list that's been dethroned by men's matches. So when we talk, when when we bring that up at the end of the year, yeah, it's on you. If it's that good that you remember seven months from now, mm-hmm. then it was that good. Yeah, because remember seven months because currently our ROH match of the year is Briscoes versus FTR from uh, Supercard of Honor. Yes, sir. So you said that that's not the match of the night. <laughs> you said the match of the night is Wheeler versus Garcia. Do you still stand by that? I do. Okay. Uh, and I say that because there was so much going on. Uh, Regal at one point was like, yeah, Daniel Garcia is the kind of guy that I would have wanted in, Bo- in, in Blackpool Combat Club. And mm-hmm. Caprice is like, well, why isn't he in there? It's like, well, we can't sign everybody. We need to have people to wrestle. So it, we mm-hmm. want to face the best. So I like that Wheeler's actually stepping up to a guy like Daniel Garcia. Mm-hmm. And that also accentuated a lot of the night, man. Regal was adding insight and playing both parties. I want At Regal on commentary forever. Do you remember <laughs> that he used to be on commentary in NXT yeah. for, for a minute yeah. with Renee? That yeah. was just as was fucking good. good. Yeah. It's very insightful. Very. Um... For a for a, for a, a match that had so many rules 
None of it applied. It was straight up fucking wrestling to Did the fact get... that Daniel was only the one that used the only one rope break out of the six that Bro- were available. Robert says that we should get a whiteboard to write our match of the year stuff on there. <laughs> nah. Oh, no. Otherwise, we'd have like fucking 20 matches and we ain't going to make time to watch all that shit. <laughs> um, and I will address one thing now that you mention it. If anybody out there listening now or in the future asks why ROH isn't categorized with AEW because they're essentially the same company, same owners, same draft going back and forth. Because that wasn't the case at the beginning of the year. Thank when, you. When we made these rules Thank for you. this year. ROH for in the beginning of 2022, ROH was its own entity with everyone else. Yeah. Will we re- review that for next year? We probably lump probably AEW will. and ROH together. But probably in this will. moment, ROH is its own thing. As of right now... I still want it to be a separate category. Yeah. Like, if, if this was December, I would still say, okay, going into 2020. And even then, NXT is under the same company as WWE, but we still keep that separate. separate with yeah. UK. Wait, from... do we have Impact as its own separate category? Is Impact considered the rest, the rest when we do ROH and the rest? The rest. Okay. Yeah. So it's ROH, and... Impact, and the rest. Yeah. Okay. So so let's talk that, about the main that, event. That bit. Okay, well, yeah, let's talk about the main let's event. Let's talk about sorry, the main sorry, event. Sorry, sorry, sorry. So here's in a nutshell. Yes, the things that are the 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 nuances, the, the minutia. Yes. The problem with th- with uh, two out of three falls, ninety five percent of the time is that the match it's doesn't the three falls. The match doesn't start or the match doesn't have value until that third fall begins because that's where the match is gonna. That's where it matters. That does make a little bit. That's sense. That, that's one of the few things. Yeah. The other thing was, I felt that it tried too hard to top itself by doing a lot of the crazy shit on the outside. Okay. Most of the appeal, being in person and then watching it separately when I got back, was... Wait, for, you went to Death Before Dishonored no, in person? No, I'm, t- I'm talking about the first time. Oh. Supercard. Oh. oh, I didn't go to Death I wish. I was saying, so, you bitch. The first time. Why you had the Rona? <laughs> the, the, oh, I did stuff during the run. I couldn't help it. We'll talk about that later. Oh, my. So, a lot of the allure of the of, of Supercard was it was the first time ever. There was four months build from fucking Final Battle in December, talking trash all the way through YouTube and on fucking Facebook and everything, leading up to the one match where you knew you had to like the Briscoes and you had to boo FTR. And that crowd was fucking on fire. The entire time. Yeah. And you could see them feeding off of the energy from the crowd and just raising the RPMs. Instead of the crazy-ass table spots and the chair spots and the hardcore spots, it was, ooh, that fucking double crossbody. Ooh, the fucking suplex. Ooh, fucking Dax is dead. Yeah. That shit. The shit you don't normally see Every week on Dynamite, mm-hmm. every other week on fucking WWE television. I think, in my opinion, after watching both of those matches twice, mm-hmm. is that they told a better story in a shorter amount of time. In one. In part one. Part one. Than they did they last did, weekend. They did two out of three falls. Yeah. And that's why there's like little bits, bits of nit to pick and then... Edging it out slowly was Yuda and, and Daniel. 
Because I've heard the stories of fucking they go the hour draw in PWG. They've been having all these crazy ass matches. They had all that shit condensed into like 20 minutes. And played it to Ring of Honor's strengths in that pure title atmosphere. I, I, I think I, I only watched this once. I've watched both matches only once. And maybe it's a little bit of recency bias. Especially because what I'm about to bring up is the last thing that I saw uh, was the goddamn finish to that match. I was expecting a big rig or a doomsday device or something like that. We saw big rigs. We saw doomsday devices. We saw them countered. We saw them this and that. Redneck Kung Fu, baby. Yeah. But an improvised, quote unquote, an improvised second rope pile driver. Oh my Jesus, fuck! I did. Oh my God! Like, I didn't. I I don't like. He's dead. He's yeah. dead. That's that's what it actually took, and that's why I'm like, I love this match because it did something that made me have such a visceral reaction of one, whoa, that's ugly, and two, disbelief, and three, goddamn, that makes sense, <laughs> you know. Um, so I, I loved that finishing spot. I had that exact same feeling yeah. in the first match because that over the to, over the top rope suplex on the outside is always teased in wrestling, mm-hmm. and it's never paid off. Mm-hmm. So when that happened, that was the first feeling I got. Yeah, and then when Dax rolled in the ring and is like almost transforming yeah. back into a human self <laughs> was the rebound, the come up, yeah. and then yeah. Oh. And see, I love the pin off of that, too, because it wasn't like a pin. It was, this is how I landed. Count it. (laughs) He rolled over and he almost teabagged him. He teabagged. Like, the pin was a teabag. (laughs) Like, he was was facing down, facing up with his nuts on his forehead. And that was the pin. uh, Briscoe's got his head back, leaning back against fucking Dax's ass cheek. Fucking ball sack. Yeah. So it was like, like, it, it seemed like that those details of the finish made it super realistic mm-hmm. uh and didn't make it seem like it was overly scripted like how people criticized the bucks uh it made it seem like they did what they had to do to pull out the stops and finally put these guys away it wasn't pretty it wasn't what they normally do it wasn't in their normal repertoire it's just we i gotta do something fucking nuts to actually end this goddamn match yeah. and almost kill him and almost kill myself in the process. And that's why I would have argued that this edged out FTR versus uh, Briscoe's one. I was 100% willing to come here tonight and say this match is replacing the ROH and the rest category for match of the year. Yeah. Um, since you are obviously not in agreement and you're holding to your guns about Wheeler and um, and Garcia, yeah. we're obviously not going to do it because we have to be in agreement. Mm-hmm. So by default, FTR versus Briscoe's one is still the ROH and the rest category match of the year. Now, if you were to ask me personally, it's uh, two, two, one. two, two, one. Mercedes oh. and Serena. I think Mercedes <laughs> Serena is even better than the first tag match. Wow. I loved that match, dude. I loved it. I loved it so much. And and then I don't 
I should probably go back and watch that that match with the uh, Wheeler and and uh, Garcia. Garcia. I remember thinking it was pretty. I remember really liking it uh, when I when I watched it, but I didn't have that immediate. Oh, this is my match of the year. But now that you're saying it, maybe it deserves a second viewing. But I think the other matches also deserve a second viewing. The other issue is, fuck me, dude. There was so much good stuff on the card. You're gushing over the girls. I'm gushing over Yuta and, and Garcia. Yeah. I had no idea. My, again, COVID brain. Fucking Roosh and Dragon Lee fighting within brothers. That was pretty cool. It was probably the most interesting I've seen Roosh because it wasn't him stooping to his douchebaggery until the very end because he, did, he couldn't let he his brother win. About his brother. He couldn't let yeah. his brother get, get away with the win, so he had to fake him and pull out his emotions just to yeah. be like, gotcha, bitch! Yeah. Uno, dos, tres. At the beginning of the match, it was like, like big brother trying to show the little brother and it was almost like he was trying to pull his punches a little yeah. bit kayfabe wise not yeah. like like criticizing his work rate but yeah it was, it was cool I the only it. issue is it highlighted the, the only issue if not the biggest issue that ring of honor is going to be facing is the AEW <laughs> stink <laughs> and here's an example Roosh beats dragon lee the match is over. Roosh is in the corner. In the back, behind him, I can see Roosh's manager going towards Dragon Lee to lift him up. I wanted to see what was going to happen. Nope. Video package right to the next thing. Just like every fucking episode of Dynamite, like every fucking episode of Rampage, where it's boom, 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 boom. And you don't have time to process the thing that just happened without already looking at the next thing that's happening. And... If there's going to be Ring of Honor programming on a weekly basis, I hope it's different. As in someone else is in charge of it, someone else is producing it, someone else is recording it, something. Because that that is becoming an issue that is starting to wear on me a bit. So one thing that Porsche noticed, and I, I think Porsche being right hand of, of the, the, the power couple in ROW kind of gave her these powers um she happened to notice something with that show and she noticed that all the referees were not roh referees Mm -hmm. they happened to be like impact referees so it, it it led her to wonder if are the only people that they actually have contract for roh are a handful of the wrestlers that were and a handful of the originals, like uh, Bobby right. Cruz. Yeah, but not necessarily the referee that always screams out the count. Not necessarily the actual ring crew, the production folk, the refs, the the rest. Of, like, hmm, I wonder how how much the did worker he actually, ants that keep the thing going. How much did he actually get? Right, uh, you know, like like we know he, he got a lot. We know of he cam- got the video library, which and is he great. got a lot of the actual equipment, cameras, rings. Yeah, uh, I mean that did look like an ROH ring, yeah, and an ROH arena. Cool, but personnel is a little bit ha- harder to just store in a warehouse. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you can store a ring in a warehouse. You can't store, you know, Jim from a county. Ball, fucking yeah. Bobby Cruz. <laughs> right, yeah. right, but like. Mm, I don't know, man. Like, how much of that magic, how much is, is going to be lost? You're right. How much of the AEW stink? Although I would argue that 
it's not necessarily a bad smell when you were talking about the AEW stink, but how much of the AEW influence is going to be on ROH? And God damn it. is the right word. Yeah, influence <laughs> is probably a better word. God damn it. For all of that that you just said about, oh, boom, 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 you blow past story. I hate to say it, but man, I need I need an hour show of ROH for ROH to become relevant. Did I tune into this particular ROH show? Yes. Why? Because it was the first one of AEW, and I'm interested. That's what hooked me. That's why this was the highest buy rate of RO, ROH ever. Because so many people are like curious, what's going on here? This is AEW's first iteration. Cool, but they're not going to keep that 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 snowball rolling if. You don't put my eyeballs on it more. And I don't mean having a continuous backdoor pilot on Dynamite. Because that's what you're getting. You're getting backdoor pilots. So what are you expecting? How, how much a week do you want to see? Okay. I need one hour. One hour a week. That's all I need. Because, because... That's what was successful for NXT. NXT, you only needed one hour, and we were happy with that one hour. NXT was not technically an hour. It was on the net. It was like 40 so, minutes. And it's anywhere between 40 to 60 minutes. You know so why? I you know why it was 40 minutes? Because if it were to have been put on the telly, you have time for commercials. commercials. So, yes, when I say so, one hour, 40 minutes. So, here's what I'm... So, he, so the same complaint that I have with WWE. How much programming does AEW have currently? How many, how, how many hours on Monday? Oh, one. How many hours on Tuesday? Zero. One? Is At that elevation? One. One's no. light, one's dark. Oh, yeah, because it's AEW dark and then dark elevation, right? It's dark elevation, then dark? Mm-hmm. Okay, sorry. All right. So two hours. So two far. hours. I don't and watch either. How much on Dynamite? Two. So how we're much? up to four. Rampage. One. We're up to five. Great. They still acknowledge... AEW Dynamite and Rampage still acknowledge records that are built up on light and dark. Mm-hmm. So technically, it's supposed to be in our diet. Yeah. So if we're going to do some give and take, Elevation's been around for a cup of coffee. Give Paul White and Mark Henry something else to do on commentary. Use all that talent, those independent guys that you pay five hundred bucks an episode for you for them to actually take some losses for your actual AW people, and that's who you put on Ring of Honor. Mm-hmm. Thirty minutes mm-hmm. a week. You have your thirty minute show. You have your opening little squash match to highlight the next Ring of Honor guy that you want to have people be like, "Ooh, I like him," or "Ugh, I hate him." And then you get a promo or two backstage to get somebody on the mic to give them some mic skills, and then you have a nice 15, 15 minute main event with actual established Ring of Honor talent that we have, or AEW guys that have ROH titles. Who doesn't want to see Samoa Joe in the thirty right. minute show? Claudia again. Show uh, Joe and Lethal. That's the other thing that makes having a match of the week or a match of the year candidate so hard. When the whole fucking show, forget zero hour, and we already established Claudio and, and Gresham. Give me something bad from Ring of Honor just before Dishonor. The trios title match. 
I gave zero flying fucks about it. I, I and didn't, I loved I Dalton Castle. And, and the I boys. Loved the boys. Yeah. Okay, how long was that? 20 minutes. Maybe. Maybe What did you think of the girls? What girls? Wasn't there Willow and uh, somebody tagging? Yeah. Yeah. I don't or was that, that zero much. hour? Was that zero hour? Yeah. What else on the on the main show was bad? I think that's it. That's it? Yeah. So if all of it's good, you're going to have that problem of, I want, everyone's telling us FTR and Briscoes too. I'm telling you, Yuta. You're telling me the, you're telling me the women's title. So it's, there's yeah. a lot to go around. Yeah. So if you take off a, an hour off that diet and convert that Monday into Ring of Honor Monday... And you have 30 minutes. I would still argue an hour. But I, I agree with you converting Elevation or conver- converting Dark into just ROH weekly programming. Now, I don't know if that will work out because I don't think they want the Briscoes on Turner. Which that, That's why I'm saying that Elevation has to be converted because everybody has access to YouTube. Oh, you, it's on this YouTube is, only, right? This, yeah. This oh, I thought they also put it on one of the Turner stations. This isn't Pop okay. TV. This isn't Destination America. Fuck, this ain't even Discovery. Everybody, you got one of these? You got YouTube. There's no excuse why you can't watch. 30 minutes of Ring of Honor on Monday on YouTube. Fuck the execs. We put on the people that we want because we know what sells. We know what's wrestling. We know what our audience wants. And unlike the competition, we give our audience what we fucking want. Now, the problem with YouTube is monetization. The money. You get more money from telly and advertisings there than you do... On YouTube that's monetization. Why, that's why you continue doing what you're doing now and using a segment on Rampage or a segment on Dynamite to have that talent. So you subsidize ROH with the AEW revenue that you get from AEW TV? That doesn't sound they, like a good well, business decision. But remember, ROH wasn't making shit. And they had Sinclair. They were on television and they well, still couldn't. Clear. But that's the point. Okay. You, whatever you're getting from YouTube or whatever you're getting ancillary from Impact, for, I'm sorry, not from Impact, from Dynamite and Rampage, you're still going to make more than Sinclair did because if Sinclair was making this, they wouldn't have needed to sell to AEW. <laughs> so. You know how much money we've made on YouTube? I think we've made more money trying to sell shirts. We did. Yeah, you're welcome for that. We didn't make <laughs> shit. But most of that is because this guy's potty mouth. <laughs> Sometimes my brain functions. Yeah. Sometimes. <sighs> Any last words? It could work. It just has to be subsidized long enough to draw eyes. Then it'll make more money, says Robert in the live chat. Yeah. And again, that goes back to... And here's my other fear. I know the ratings suck right now because it's one hour on Rampage and it's taped 95% of the time after Dynamite. Mm -hmm. I am a bit trepidatious that for the sake of a better product, Mm -hmm. that Discovery is going to want to make Rampage a two-hour live weekly show. And that's why 
I would like Ring of Honor to be a half hour because if I'm already... I'm cutting fat from WWE because there's too much fat. If AEW's starting to get on the thick thighs save lives kind of campaign, I'm going to have to start cutting shit from them too. And I'd hate to have Ring of Honor on the cutting room floor. But man, there is so much beef when it comes to the entire IP of ROH. There's not a lot of... Uh, see, and that's I mean, the other dude, thing. A there lot was of that roster... six title matches that night. Because they have that many fucking titles involved with ROH. There was the women's, the world uh, men's, the uh, TV title, the trios title, the tag title, the pure title. There's and, okay. six titles Here, in ROH. Here's some, here's some sense. You can't do a 30-minute show with a, an IP but, that has no, six yes, titles. You, yes, you can. Because that was the blessing of NXT. One week... The women got highlighted in the main event with the title. The next week, the tag titles got yeah. defended on the main event. And the next two weeks after that, maybe you got the World Heavyweight title, the NXT title on there. That's your hook, is that every other no, week... No, hook has the FTW title. Yeah, but every other week, if not every week, there's a title match. Okay. Or there's a contenders match for a title. And I would even suggest, if there's not going to be any television for Ring of Honor... Merge the television title and the pure top. Okay. Joe is a pure champion. <laughs> they Merge have, the television because a pure. lot because a lot of Ring of Honor talent or tenured Ring of Honor talent right now is in AEW. Mm. So there's not a lot of new guys on the on the cutting room floor for you to build up a Ring of Honor. That that is true. So what, what? you have all that talent from AEW that you're trying to build up on your elevation and your dark. Fuck it, man. Make Pillman Jr. a star in Ring of Honor. Okay. Make guys like fucking Ricky Starks. Kip Sabian. Take that goddamn cardboard box off his head and put him in ROH. (laughs) Claudio against Miro for the ROH title. (laughs) Oof. There's opportunity for guys that cannot have... Briscoes versus Bear Country. Bear Country, that's a perfect example. That's yeah. a team that deserves to be on Ring of Honors competing for the tag titles. Yeah. You know, that, that fucking... A- Get rid of the trios title and just let the boys be the boys. They're, the AEW roster is so top-heavy now that Tony Khan spent the last two years signing up a lot of very good, very worthy, very redeemable WWE talent. Send some of that WWE... You could easily send Miro, Bear Country, fucking... Robert says Guevara. Guevara. Uh, Dante Martin. Uh, the other one. Uh, the, the one that fought Dante Martin uh, this past week. That was Sammy Guevara. No. Um, no. Who am I thinking of? I don't know. There's a lot of talent that you can take in Ring of Honor and... Establish it as his own brand. <clears throat> because there's so many fucking people in AEW. Yeah. A lot. Mercedes versus Abaddon. Two! Yeah. Mercedes versus Willow Nightingale. Mercedes versus fucking Sky Blue. Give Sky Blue something real to do. That to come out with Dante Martin randomly. If AQA would have chose to stay in the business, AQA would have flourished in our Ring of Honor. Yeah. Reestablish that women's division. So there, there's a yeah, and and there's so much that you can do thirty minute weekly episodes, and you. Here's the other thing, 
that were that why I want a, a smaller show for Ring of Honor. I still say an hour. You haven't me for thirty minutes. It got <laughs> to the point that we were getting the same main event matches on Ring of Honor television every week instead of saving that shit for a pay per view, for a buy, for a number, for a rating, for a payout. And you won't have that problem if you have so much talent and you don't have an hour, two hours a week to just give all that away. You'll get your hours worth if you add the one segment from from Dynamite and the one segment from Rampage. But then you're taking a segment away from Dynamite and Rampage. Not necessarily if you're if it's roster people. I know. Just you're just being a hard ass. I'm being a hard ass. So fine if we're perfect transition because we're going from your hard ass. To Thor's hard ass. Pop Culture Minute, thanks to Pop Culture Rewind. Travis, for the most part, shat all over the movie, and I just sat back laughing the entire time. <laughs> you are, po- are, are a lot more optimistic than I am. So yes. gush about the movie. Give me your positives about Thor Love and Thunder. I absolutely loved the campiness of this movie. I loved how funny it was. I loved how witty it was. The jokes landed on you. The jokes landed. Okay. They all did. It was silly, goofy. Just uh, Thor just having a good time just being a, a, being dad Thor. And I think it led up to Thor being dad Thor. And when the next time we see Thor and he's full on dad mode, he's already got the dad jokes. And I will eat that shit with a spoon. Boon! Because the juxtaposition of a literal god who is all-powerful, who is built like a god, who is kind of a dumb, lovable dweeb, is just like, it, it, it's, it's chocolate and peanut butter. It's peanut butter and jelly. Thor was amazing, says Robert Trapp. There you go. (laughs) Yes, I... I loved it so much. I love how how it took the vibe of Guardians of the Galaxy and just ran with it. You expect the dopery and the tomfoolery from Star-Lord and friends. But you didn't really expect it from Thor because Thor's an Avenger. He is serious. But no, I like that. I, I wanted to see more. You You sucked the comedy from Guardians of the Galaxy, and you put it onto Thor, and it was beautiful. And I also loved the soundtrack, the the throwback eighties, nineties metal. The, the oh, it was only was Guns N' Roses. There was more than Guns N' Roses that they had on there, but no, it was good, man. I, I loved it, loved it so much. Counterpoint, yes, Counterpoint. Ragnarok was such an out of nowhere success. That I think this movie tried too hard to be just like it. As far as the uh, the humor and the camp. Um, here's an example. Thor is fighting these shadow monsters that Lady Thor shows up. And they kill all the shadow monsters. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, is everybody okay? Hey Lady Thor, how you doing? You just finished killing these monsters. Where are they coming from? What's it building to? Where, who sent them? Nah, Thor's already trying to get it in. The, it just threw off the complete vibe. Thor wasn't trying to get it in. Okay. Thor was dumbfounded at what he saw. Because he's heartbroken over this girl. 
It wasn't that he was just trying to fuck her. He's literally he heartbroken. No, he's rebounding because he was trying to. Yeah. But like on the inside, it's been eating him alive. Yeah. And then he saw her not only there, but you're now me? What? But why don't you have that conversation maybe a couple of hours after you just killed a fuck ton of monsters? And your, va- and your new Valhalla is more... He yeah. kills monsters. That's what he does. That's run of the mill. That's every day. Okay. That that he saw standing in front of him was not run of the mill in every day. Okay. So how many gods did you see die in order for Gore to be called the God Butcher? Now, I that is fair. I only saw one. I would have liked to see more die. Um, but yeah, it, mm. at least he could have killed the other god that was right there next to the sun god, right? Yeah, he could have done both in, but he didn't. Um, but it didn't take away from me when I was watching the movie to believe that he was the god butcher. While I was wrapped up in the movie, I knew who he was, I knew what he was doing, I knew what his end goal was. I get it. So you saw him as a threat. Yes. After the movie, it was brought to my attention. This motherfucker didn't kill any other gods. And I was like, you know what? He did it. God damn. That sucks. Yeah, he probably should have. But while I was watching the movie. God damn. I know. While I was watching the movie, I was fine with it because I knew what was going on. I knew who he was. Okay. Was the Lady Thor story rushed or did he have enough time, in your opinion? I don't think it was rushed. I think it... I wanted to see more of it, so I think it ended too soon. But I can also kind of see why it had to end. But I just... I wish I could have had you for a little bit longer. And I think that's the same feeling that Thor has. And I think that feeling impressed on to me so it made me empathize with thor more at jane's passing because i wanted to see jane more just as much as thor wanted to see jane more well you might <laughs> you might and yeah yeah um, go back to the end credits and yeah i think the spoiler big, alert i think the biggest flaw for me which i'm surprised you haven't mentioned this because you live with two feminists mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Us as guys, mm-hmm. throughout this entire MCU, I think we've pretty much gotten all our money shots. What do you mean? Um, the first Thor movie, where he was stripped of his powers. And basically the entire movie was his efforts to try to become Thor again. So when the fa- hammer finally falls from the sky and you see the actual transformation of Thor the god. Captain America tilting the hammer in Age of Ultron for him to finally be able to carry it in uh, Endgame. Uh, Iron Man and Rhodey in Iron Man 2 fighting back-to-back as Iron Man and War Machine against all the fucking Sentinels. Yeah. If you're making an effort to welcome women into your MCU and establish them as equals... I wanted the moment of of uh, Jane Foster actually transforming into Lady Thor. Not Thor showing up and, oh, she's already there. Like, we saw the hammer come together, but we didn't see her grab it. We didn't see her playing Jane civvies. Click, 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 transform into it. 
Okay. And girls that have been watching this are woke that. Just like we've been given all the cool moments as us guys that have been watching comics or playing Marvel video games forever. I feel like that was a big missing piece that was missing. I would have loved Like you to... wanted to see her fucking Sailor Moon into be- being yes. Thor? We see all our heroes. Okay. We see all our male heroes in their moment become one with who they're meant to be. But we didn't get to see it with Jane. Because she wasn't meant to be her. Be Thor. Yeah, she is. No, she wasn't. Yeah, I mean, well, there's comics. Well, she is. A, she, they have recent comics. Not in the MCU. Of, uh, not in the MCU. Well, they made it clear through the movie that she was meant to be. No, she wasn't. Mm-hmm. Why? Because it killed her. She tried to do it to heal her, and in one aspect, it kind of did, but really, it backfired. She should have never been Thor. She should have never had that because it made her weaker. By trying to protect her, it weakened her, and it ultimately killed her. So no, that's that's not her moment. Her moment's gonna come later with whatever the fuck's going on with her and Valhalla. <laughs> and it's not going to be Thor. She like she was lent Thor powers through the hey, make sure you protect my girl kind of thing. The same way how Hey, let's empower these little kids. Oh, but I hated that. I loved it. I oh, hated I it. I loved that. That was, that was... She was running around with the little bear, just like, ah, the little teddy bear. So then why, so then why didn't Thor empower the kids in Sokovia so they could keep the, the the city from flying up into smithereens? Why couldn't he... There's been nine... Because he nine didn't times think of, of it. That was... I felt like Thor one day while sitting in the, in the, in the game room with Korg watching HBO Max slash Shazam was like, you know what? I can do that. Yeah, I'm gonna do that. That's when he it came up with it. Fucking After all that shit. Uh, hey, come on, man. You can't be clever or think of all the things all the time. Yeah, you can. No, you can't. <laughs> I just thought it was hilarious. Rank the Thors. The singles. One, two, three, and four. Two, four, three, one. So you have the Dark Elves... Oh, I'm top. sorry. Three, four, two, one. Okay. My bad. So you have Ragnarok, Love and Thunder, Thunder, the original elves. Okay. Yeah. Well, three, four, I, think, one, two. I think I said uh, elves then original, but yeah, you can convince me. <laughs> nah, I'll let you keep that. Robert says three, four, one, two. That sounds about right. Okay. I think well, I Well, said- it's not mine, but that sounds about three, four, right. 3421. I'm 3421. Okay. Mine? What about you? Yeah, listen to Pop Culture Rewind. And on that, adios, my friends. Keep it classy. Come on out to Santa Fe, Texas, Saturday night for UPW. Get it? <laughs>